Hey, this is Big Sexy Kevin Nash, and you're listening to The Rough House. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes The Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Christoph. Hi, everybody. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number 346 for November 5, 2023. I am Marty. I'm Christoph. Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, continuing your listening to this show. Why you do it, I don't know, but I <laughs> am appreciative nonetheless. We we very much appreciate your continued listening and those of you who do your continual patronage yes. on our Patreon, uh Rough House uh patreon.com slash the Rough House Podcast. Um this may sound different. Uh we we had to change how we were recording the show uh remotely. Um, so if things sound better or worse, please let us know at rough house SGW, ping us on the Patreon, whatever works best for you. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're gonna, cause yes. we're mostly the only people who listen <laughs> <laughs> have our phone number. Have uh, our phone number. <laughs> there's, there's a lot to talk about this week. Uh, unfortunately probably going to be the grape house again this week. Um, but I, I wanted to start first with what may be my favorite story in professional wrestling in years. <laughs> I don't even have production for this because sure. this is the probably first time we've discussed Billy Corgan's NWA since like the, the prime era of, yeah. uh, of, of the first few years. Aside from a random mention of Tyrus being terrible and yes. Mike Alvis working there. That's pretty yeah. much the extent <laughs> Of our NWA. So last Saturday, the NWA had a pay-per-view called Sam Hain because it was Halloween. It's spoopy. Yeah. Uh, and during said pay-per-view, there was a backstage segment where manager Father James Mitchell of Impact and ECW fame mm-hmm. shown at a table with sev- several wrestlers and women, and he snorts coke in yes. the bed. And the, the the announcers are trying to, you know, act shocked and like, what's going on over there? They were supposed to do right. some kind of interview segment with him, but right. they, they cut over and he's just doing lines with, uh, I guess they, they were female wrestlers or hookers or strippers. I don't know. Maybe all three. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but but they, they, they were acting outraged, uh, the announcers were, but they kept cutting back to it yes. uh, to get the shock value of it. And, you yeah. know, I guess the initial... Uh, response to it was that, and it was tweeted it, it was, around yeah. frequently, you know, around Twitter, semi-viral on on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as as viral as an NWA thing can and, oh, be yeah. this day. But yeah, this this pay per view came a couple days after mm-hmm. NWA announced that they had a TV deal. Well, well I, I I should clarify, the NWA themselves have not confirmed it. Oh, really? Yeah. So so Billy Corrigan did an interview a few weeks ago where he said that they were signing a deal with a top 20 network for the NWA. Yeah. A few weeks later, so probably the this, this, uh, same week or so, maybe a week or two before this pay-per-view, it came out that 
the NWA was signed for not one, but two shows Yeah, on the CW. Mm-hmm. The idea being one would be just NWA power. You have to say the R's. Yeah. No, of uh, and the other would be a reality show about the behind the scenes of the NWA. Right. Yeah. Billy Corgan being the selling point in that. Right. Right. And it's also pretty much the playbook that the UFC used when they blew up on Spike TV. You have right. a reality show, you have fights, and it's yeah. what you do. So this starts going viral. It's probably the most buzz the NWA has had in ages, unless it was out of people sharing how bad the show has gotten. Right. Yeah. Looking at you, Tyrus. And the CW, the management there, uh, they're now uh, owned by, I believe it's called Star Networks, not Stars, but Star Networks, who is kind of uh, a conglomerate very similar to Sinclair in our backyard. I um, did not know. I thought they were still under the Warner uh, umbrella. Warner sold them. Oh, yeah. So yeah. That shows how much I pay attention to <laughs> to the CW well, network. It's a CW, like who who cares, right? I don't think I've ever watched a show on the CW. I feel like I've tried to watch Arrow and The Flash. A few never times, seen a second never, of any of them. Never did anything for me. Anyway, anyway. Oh, actually, wasn't SmackDown on the CW for a while? When I, I think about it, maybe. I digress. Thursday night SmackDown. So <laughs> this spot is. Arguably the biggest thing from the NWA in the longest time. Yeah. CW management sees this and hears about this. And their (laughs) new plan is to take these two shows and they will, they will live up to their side of the commitment of having these shows produced, but they're just going to throw them straight to the CW app. Oh, <laughs> oof! No broadcast yeah. for you, Billy. I'm no sorry. No broadcast for you, William you, Patrick Corgan. You do not get to be on standard ass antenna television. At least that's what it looks like right now. Uh, the the report that came out about this whole situation was from House of Wrestling, aka CM Punk's personal press release. Oh, those guys. Um, so, well, <laughs> I mean, they're still above ringside news. So yes, we'll give them that. Yes. Um. But here's a quote from it. Apparently, when negotiations were going on to bring the NWA to the CW, Billy Corgan was told that the network would, quote, not be watching the pay-per-views and would only be concerned with what happened on the TV show airing on their platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, when something goes viral for one of your performers doing cocaine, whether it's real <laughs> cocaine or not, <laughs> which, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, it might actually have been. Uh, who the hell knows at this point? Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, pro wrestling does certainly have a history with Coke. And if you don't believe me, just watch any Macho Man promo from the 1980s. <laughs> um, so it looks like this big Billy Corgan dream is going to fall apart. I don't know. Also, I don't even know what the like financial terms were going to be. Right. Was this just like they're paying for production, like the original Dynamite deal what the Turner Networks was and and all of that. But uh, was Darcy and James Eha involved in this at all? Or, uh, or maybe Eha, but definitely not definitely. Darcy. Yeah. Dar- Darcy's been gone for a while. Yeah, that 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 bridge has not been rebuilt. I'm sorry, Melissa Oftemar, she was with uh, them for a while, I think, right? He was, yes. Yeah. Uh, fucking Jimmy Chamberlain, he killed a guy <laughs> and got booted out of the band. He's back. Yeah, well, yeah. Darcy's a bridge too far. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Fun little postscript. And I I was going to bring this up on the pod this week just as kind of a funny note. But combined with this, it's all the more hilarious. 
I don't know how true this is, but it, I saw a tweet going around uh, earlier this week. So before this story came out, mm-hmm. would you like to guess Hopefully. how many pay-per-view buys the Sam Haynes show had? Oh, wow. Um, I would say it's in the triple digits. You are correct. Would you like to get a little <laughs> bit closer? Uh, you know, I have no idea. So I'm just going to say 666. <laughs> that That is definitely uh, a little high, um, but I'm sorry to say that, that is not. Oh, wow. Uh, that is not the number. 212. <laughs> oof. 212. See, Big oof. I, I love that some of these like facts and figures about what streaming shows actually are, are coming out. Yeah. Um, there was a whole big controversy a few weeks ago about uh, Apple canceling Jon Stewart's show, The Problem, which is on Apple TV Plus. Basically, yeah. not quite the daily show with John Stewart. Yeah. Um, Slash, it was kind of more last week tonight. Yeah, even closer to last week tonight yeah. if, it, if it were sadder, <laughs> which, yeah. which is which saying a lot. Sure is. Um, I don't know the source of this number, but I saw it brought up, and I think it was a, a Hollywood Reporter article. By episode four, they had 36,000 viewers. Okay. 36,000. Okay. That's, that's not great. We're, we're clutching pearls over a dynamite that doesn't do 800,000. Yeah. 36,000 viewers. And that Billy Corgan would do backflips in the street if they had 36,000. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, do they keep the streams public on the power? Because that's a YouTube show at the moment, uh, right? It was, but I think it's been moved to Fight TV Plus, which okay. really bummed out all the old guys who watch pro wrestling at libraries. So, <laughs> you know, shout out Virtual Pros for that gag. Uh, but <laughs> there's never been a better descriptor of who watches the NWA than that. And yeah. It, it's so fucking true. Uh, but yeah, sad, sad times for Billy Corgan. We'll see how this plays out. Um, He's fine. He's still yeah. a multimillionaire. Yeah, he would be okay. Do another tour. Uh, th- th- this people make jokes about Tony Khan playing with toys in a sandbox. Yeah, Billy Corgan really is because fucking oh, no sure. one's watching this shit. So yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and talk about this company, the World Wrestling Federation, for over fifty yeah. years. Blood Money in the Jungle. Yes, round ten is in the books. Wow, for the Blood Money Rumble as. Uh, yesterday morning, our time, uh, the WWE uh, had a show. Uh, sorry, yesterday afternoon, one p.m. Eastern was. The yeah, time. I was. I was looking for something to watch, and I had heard that the we talked about it off air. That movie, Polite Society, was streaming on Peacock. So I loaded mm-hmm. up Peacock looking for it, and like right on the front page was like Crown Jewel happening right now. I was like, <laughs> okay, I, I clicked watch just to see what was happening at the time. Yes, it was Sami Zayn and the. Uh, Little Irish dude, uh, JD um, McDonough. That's the guy. Yes, and human bobblehead, JD McDonough. Yeah, and I, I, he was a sex pest too, right? Didn't he have some yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Jordan Devlet was his name. That's the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I clicked on it, and it, it like took a second to load, and then it was super grainy, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm not sticking around to see what the fuck <laughs> happens here, and I just exed out. And yeah, you just you just bounced at that. Found point. the movie streaming on Prime. I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it was, um, a, a show that people are, are actually saying it was pretty strong, uh, critically, um, even Who are these people, uh, 
Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez this morning. We're actually speaking pretty highly of it. Okay. Um, of course, the caveat of WWE style. Uh, coming out of that, probably the biggest news, Seth Rollins retaining the World Heavyweight Championship against Drew McIntyre in a match okay. that the Saudi crowd was super behind the heel Drew McIntyre on. Ooh. Okay. Um, we have a new U.S. champion as Logan Paul defeats Rey Mysterio to become the U.S. champion. Okay. Uh, brilliant idea, I think. The U.S. title means nothing. Yeah, it it's, is, true. it's true. It, it, is a, <laughs> it is a prop among props. Yeah. In terms of belts in that company. Logan Paul, mainstream appeal. Sure. You know, he goes to boxing, uh, goes to second boxing matches of his brother. Uh-huh. You can bet he will be carrying that U.S. title everywhere. Yeah, he's got so, a successful podcast, YouTube stuff. I, I, yeah. I get it. I understand. I, I, I think it's a good move. Plus, he's actually super fucking talented. When yeah, I, I have seen. I've seen some of his matches and have enjoyed them. Uh, yeah. Probably won't be queuing up this pay per view, but you know. Yeah, I get it. I, get I saw it. the clip of him saving Rey Mysterio's life. So yes, good for him. Yeah, uh, he he did the thing that. Uh, uh, oh God, was it? Deuce or Domino, one of the two who is the cameraman in the Undertaker Shawn Michaels match, <laughs> uh, whichever one totally blew that catch. Yeah. He's not that. He he's uh, he is not the Miz when it comes to catching. No, he was what was it Malenko who's or somebody saved Jericho's life on a lion salt at one point uh, by putting his knees up or something. Oh yeah, yeah. The, uh, I, I think that was Malenko. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, right. it, was, it was more akin to that, right? Of right. Just you know, just oh, realizing shit. what's happening and 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 catching the guy. Uh, so yeah, good. Yeah. Rame Sierra is still alive. Logan Paul is gold. All right, great. Yep. Um, EO Sky retained the women's championship over Bianca Belair. This is notable because showing up, running in, and attacking Belair leading to the finish is Kyrie Sane, who has been re-signed to WWE. Okay. So no Get longer your money, kid. Yeah, no longer part of uh stardom, no longer doing any freelance in Japan. Uh, just straight back to the E. Um, Cody Rhodes defeated Damian priest. Uh, this is only notable because, uh, Sami Zayn ended up stealing the, uh, briefcase of, uh, Damian priest. So, okay. Does it work like that? Can Sammy cash it in now? Or I have no idea. I think it just means priest can't cash in. Okay. He doesn't have it. Sure. Um, but and is it a possession is nine tenths of the law situation? Can he like open it up and scribble the contract and cross yeah, out yeah. Damien's name and write Damien's his own? Name. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that'd be pretty great. And also would add an interesting storyline quirk for that briefcase, which needs something to do other than, oh, I'm just waiting for my opportunity. Um, yeah. And main event, Roman Reigns, LA Knight for the Universal Championship. Roman Reigns wins. No. Yeah, it turns on. out. I loved I loved logging on Saturday morning and seeing all these uh, quote unquote think pieces of why LA Knight would and should win a crown fucking jewel. I just I literally laughed and shut down the Twitter app. Like, yeah, okay, uh, this, that, is, this is this how it's going to be today. I'm not going to log on. <laughs> never was going to happen. That belt, no, that belt is being held for either Johnson comma Dwayne or Rhodes comma Cody. Yeah, um, and in even in a year or two. Or, or hell, uh, man, comma Pepsi. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, anyway, hey, I got another button to hit. Oh boy! Oh, well, that's right. There was a big uh, power struggle. Yes, power struggle. Also on Saturday in the wee hours of the morning here. Yeah. Uh, 
really like the last big New Japan show before Wrestle Kingdom, and therefore a lot was built on the show for Wrestle Kingdom. Main event was Shota Amino against Will Ospreay for the IWGP US UK Championship. Um, incredible match. Yeah, uh, Osprey is unfuckwithable at this point. I, yeah. I I know we've whirlwind dunked on him on this show over the years uh, because he's not very smart, but he is a very good professional wrestler. He is, and his promos have gotten a lot better too. The promo at the press conference yes. prior to the show was was fantastic. Yes. Um, and I saw a couple clips from the match of of some some big sequences, and it looked like Shooter was up to snuff. Um, you know, hanging in there with Osprey, uh, doing some big moves, taking some big moves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was that what um, sit out power bomb into two tables off the apron that looked pretty fucking brutal. Absolutely. Ridiculous, uh, but ridiculous. you know, shooter not able to to pull off the big one here, and Osprey retains uh, right, which then led to the post main event promo train, yeah, which got us to a match at Wrestle Kingdom. So, post match, Will Osprey is challenged by John Moxley, who had beaten Great Ocon in apparently mm-hmm. a very good match. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, earlier on in the show, he wants a match with Will Osprey for wrestle kingdom okay cool yeah sounds great let's do the thing however <laughs> david finley their out. way in yes yeah. david finley <laughs> not only did david finley show up he showed up with gato which of course means yeah he's gonna be booked in a main event and uh a hammer which he took to both the U S and the UK championships, shattering them. Yeah. So it looks like for wrestle kingdom, it's going to be a triple threat. Now Mm. will Osprey, David Finley and John Moxley, right? For a new title. They're they're saying it's a new title. Uh, Scuttlebutt is, it's going to be the return of the IWGP intercontinental championship. Okay. uh, Which got combined with the title a few years ago. Um, Oh, all these fucking title lineages getting fucked up and reintroduced and yeah, you know, it, it's, 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 it's difficult to, to it's put together and understand very much so. And I get it. They need someone in a main event or near a main event that is going to be with the company after January. <laughs> However, David Finley ain't it, man. Like he, he is, he's just a fucking snooze. He's been, he's, he's the vanilla, um, what, what is, what is, uh, MJF call, uh, Roddy strong vanilla something, a bland bitch, bland bland bitch. that's bland the one. Bitch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Even more so than Roddy. Cause it turns out Roddy has a personality. It's just completely ridiculous. Yeah. It's um, pretty stupid, <laughs> but yeah, the David Finley, uh, being added into that elsewhere on the show. Uh, there was a six-man tag for the never uh, open-weight six-man belts. The trio of Tanahashi, Ishii, and Okada defended against TMDK. Okada and Co. won, and after the match, the lights went out. Sabu? It, it was not Sabu. Damn it. He He's not allowed on a plane. <laughs> and <laughs> instead, it was a video package with Brian Danielson. Hell yeah. In what appeared to be the exact same uh, nature location where he challenged Okada for a forbidden door, now Mm. with his eye taped up, Mm -hmm. challenging him for Wrestle Kingdom this year, 
Okada grabs the mic after the video plays and simply says yes. Yes. So, uh, well, tauntingly says yes. Yes. Tauntingly like, says yes. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite. Um, I don't. I remember if I sent it to you or not. Somebody uh, photoshopped Brian with his eye covered and Okada into the Metal Gear Solid codec of <laughs> of Solid Snake and the Colonel, <laughs> and I chortled heartily. I, I, I need to see that. If, if you can dig it I'll, back up, please send it to me. I'll try um, and find it. Uh, I mean, that's a positive sign for the healing of Brian Danielson. Sure, uh, that they said, yeah, we're going to do this at Wrestle Kingdom. In two months. In two months. Yeah. Um, That last match they had was good, but in my eyes did not get a chance to get to great uh, because of the broken arm. And also, I'm just going to put it out here. I know it's to him. It's probably very funny, but I don't like Brian Danielson's seizure selling at all. Same. Uh, Like it's uncomfortable for me. Yeah. Uh, it, it's kind of like early Will Ospreay where his idea of selling was just screaming like he's being murdered. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, since has since been banned, allegedly, in AEW, but yeah. we'll, probably we'll not in New Japan. how it plays out, right? Yeah. Um, also, uh, Hiromo Takahashi retained the junior heavyweight title over Taji Shimori. With some fresh new gear, too. Yes. Taji Shimori. Uh, and uh, El Desperado was then challenged by Hiromu for Wrestle Kingdom. Of course, because there are only three junior heavyweights. Yes. <laughs> the good thing is I like all three of them, so mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't hate it, but it's it definitely seems like it's a round robin between the three of them in the division. Yes, I, I agree. Um, also, uh, the junior heavyweight title uh, match for Wrestle Kingdom is set because the Super Junior Tag League Tournament ended and TJP and Francisco Akira won it. So it's them against the Bullet Club War Dogs of Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney. Drilla Maloney. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's that's the name they're going with. Sure. Uh, that yeah. is a name. That I is mean, technically I, I, a name. I, I believe his name prior to that was Dan Maloney. So, you know, it it, <laughs> it is, if anything, even footing with maybe a slight improvement, a slight, like you can barely see the curve. You, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You need to be able to zoom in to really see. Bring it. out your protractors on that one. Yeah. Um, well, roll for initiative, Darren. There you go. <laughs> well, uh, let's roll for initiative because uh, the, it's time to enter the gripe house. Oh, boy. So. There were shows this week. We're going to talk about the shows. We're going to talk about what happened in the shows. But there was a bigger story that came out this week, which really infuriated your boys. And a lot of people on the internet as well. Yes. Which Uh, is not saying much, but it kind of took over the whole pro wrestling discourse for a day or two. Yes. AEW signing the contract. Drillistico. I don't understand why they decided <laughs> now was the time to sign him. Hang uh, on. What's that? Oh, okay. Different contract. Everyone yes. was mad about Kevin Bing. Kelly got his all elite. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll talk about Kevin Kelly in a few. Uh, I, I think the number is on the wall for Mr. Kelly. Um, <laughs> Rick Flair, the nature boy. Signed to a multi-year contract. Multi-fucking year. To AEW. And also, his Woo sports drink, energy drink, whatever the fuck it's called, is now the official energy drink of AEW. 
man, fuck right the fuck off with this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have no want, no interest, no care. The, shout out listener of the show and friend of the show, Brandon Chalmers. I don't need wrestling's mum raw popping up <laughs> for more than this sting thing. Like I didn't need him for that to begin with, but did I want him for that? No, but I understood it. I understood it. And it meant that he'd be gone by fucking March. Yeah. It was, it had a set ending, it had a set period where we wouldn't see Ric Flair anymore. God willing. Instead, a multi-year deal. Now, observer this week, I love this, Chris. Would you like to know how long the multi-year deal is? Two years? Exactly. It is the bare minimum of a multi-year contract. Well, dude is what? 70 fucking. 74. Yeah. 74 years old. Um, And if word is to be believed, the contract is mostly being paid for by the energy drink company. Okay. I mean, fine. It doesn't matter. To me, I don't care who's paying it. What I care but, about is seeing this melting man on my television. <laughs> yes, I I don't need it. I don't want I mean, praise God that even though he showed up last week, he wasn't on this week. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, not uh, shit. Do you think that body can take flying every week? <laughs> I don't me? know. Like, the he seems to be alive on pure inertia at this point. I, I, I feel like if he had to travel every week, the TSA would contact Tony Khan and be like, this guy is whipping his dick yeah. out at the fucking checklist uh, check uh, station at every airport in the country. Stop, stop uh, flying him out every week. That, that Okay. The, the, the plane ride from hell was fucked up. And what Rick did on that flight was fucked up. But when the original court story came out mm-hmm. and it said something about defendant flair twirling his manhood while yeah. wearing his wrestling robe. Yeah. Doing the helicopter. <laughs> what an incredible mental image. <laughs> I mean, it's not anything I ever wanted to picture in my head. No, but, no, but, but here just we are. him just wearing, wearing his wrestling robe, which means it was, was on his carry on. Wearing his robe. You think he's checking that thing? He spends thousands of dollars per robe on those. Fair, fair. But <laughs> he's just like, I'm going to strip down to just this. Like, who even takes off shoes on a flight, let alone the whole thing? Yeah. I don't know. If you are a roughhouse listener who takes your shoes off on a flight, you're wrong. You're wrong and you're oh, terrible. And like, I hate you. Yeah. Yes. No, please, yeah. please don't do that ever. Look, um, I don't want to see anybody's toes ever. To begin with, yes. let alone people rubbing their feet all up on the chair above them or yeah, no, put them fucking nasty things away. You walk on those, put yeah. them away. They are disgusting. Everybody's feet is dis- are disgusting and nobody wants to see them except for Quentin Tarantino where you can go spank it in the corner to him. I don't fucking want to see them. Get them away from me. This has been uh, one to grow on uh, from the Rough House podcast. And the only thing worse to Chris than feet is is Ric Flair under a contract. I yeah. no, oh, ooh, that's almost a tough one. Would, would <laughs> I cannot watch Chris, AEW. Chris, would <laughs> but if you, I'm exposed yeah. to people's feet, then I'm yeah. then I'm icked out. Chris, would you like to know my nightmare scenario in all of this? 
uh, Ric Flair sticking his toes in your mouth. Well, I mean, I gross myself out. That 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 wasn't where I was going. Ugh. Ric Flair for years, if not on a decade at this point, has in interviews talked about how much he would love to be the manager and mouthpiece for Dolph Ziggler. Oh, fuck right off. My God. AEW needs Dolph Ziggler like AEW needs another plane, needs a plane ride from hell or something like that. Like there's no, and look, Dolph Ziggler is a very accomplished uh, sports entertainer. He spent a lot of years in WWE, made a lot of money, um, you know, won some titles, had some great matches. Sure. He'll be in the Hall of Fame eventually because they're going to run out of people to put in. Yeah. Does he need a career in AEW? Absolutely fucking not. He no, he adds no. absolutely nothing to the roster aside from another tick in the column of, you know, uh, we're veering towards TNA of the mid-aughts territory of hiring ex-WWE people who don't have any purpose to serve. So put a pin in that ex-WWE TNA thing. Because yeah. I have... Uh, thanks to the fine folks at Voices of Wrestling, a very interesting story that they broke yesterday. Oh, God. Okay. Which requires us to get through Dynamite first. Okay. Before I talk about it. So stay tuned, dear listeners, for that. So Dynamite this week was live in where the hell were they? Uh, uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, yeah, Louisville. Wichita was last night. Yes. Uh, and, uh, the show kicked off with, uh, recaps of the dynamite and collision main events, uh, which, you know, that collision main event, did you get to watch MGF versus Omega? I did. It was very good. Yes. Yes. Uh, it, I think in any other year we'd be talking about match of the year, but it's been a fucking great year. It has. Um, and, and the match was fantastic, even though it probably should have been on a pay-per-view and you probably could have done it at wrestle dream. Anyway. We then go backstage, Renee Paquette standing there with MJF, which means it's another show that starts with a promo with Renee and MJF. Kind of falling into a pattern, boys. Yeah. Um, I, I, well, I understood what they were going for here. They were establishing the story that would be told throughout the evening. And I I don't hate – I don't – on paper, I don't hate having a story that starts at the beginning and works its way sure. all the way up to the main event. Sure. In execution – I don't think it was successful. Yeah, it it was definitely some bits worked, some didn't, and, yeah. and you know we'll we'll talk about those. Anyway, uh, Renee wants to know uh, who his three partners are going to be tonight because it was MJF and three partners of his choosing. He gets Bullet Club Gold in the main event. If MJF won, he'd get his possession of his world title back. Yeah, um, MJF just basically saying he wants to find three people who he can stand. Uh, and he wants to get advice from his pal, Adam Cole, who joined yeah. us via the magic of FaceTime. Yeah. Adam Cole, who now has a hell of a hobo beard, appears on screen. I have zero room to talk, so I won't comment on that. <laughs> and um, really, he had no great advice for MJF. <laughs> he basically pops up for like 30 seconds, says something about, hey, you know what? Uh, Samoa Joe is pretty good. Maybe you go ahead and do that. Yeah. And then comes in the doofuses, which are, of course, Roddy Strong and the kingdom. Um, 
MJF wants nothing to do with it. He just walks off. Neither do we. <laughs> yeah. So Roddy Strong and Cole talk for about 30 seconds. Uh, and Roddy Strong says, hey, do you think MJF is the devil? And then Adam Cole uh, hangs up the FaceTime call. That then well, well, the second attempt. First one didn't quite hit the button, right? Yes. Like, okay. Very true. Very true. Uh, and then we had, uh, once again, the spooky image of the devil. Yeah. Before we go to the pyro and the opening, which led to our first match of the night, as it was Orange Cassidy defending the AEW International Championship against Claudio Castagnoli. This match was fucking great. I mean, yeah, I, there are times now when we do these recaps of AEW shows where I don't know how to describe what we saw, not because it's unlike anything I've seen before, but because much like this entire run that we had with the international championship and orange Cassidy, it was an opening match that was very good, which showed off how talented he is and how talented his opponent is just happened this time. It was Claudio yeah. and Claudio fucking rules. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of very smooth. I almost said smooth. Cause I think the lack of smoothness shockingly kind of right. took away a little bit from the match. It didn't make it seem more real. It seemed like, um, more rehearsed. It, yeah, that's there, how it came off to me. There was a spot or two which looked, uh, you know, a, a little like, okay, we're doing our, our fancy pants segment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, on the whole, I thought it was great. Um, yeah, no, I, I I enjoyed it, and cons- compared with some of the other stuff we got on Wednesday night, it was definitely a highlight. <laughs> yes. Um, during uh the opening parts of the match, Wheeler Yuta uh was on the outside for yeah. Claudio, which caused Hook to come out. What I thought was interesting was Yuta really didn't get involved before Hook decided I needed to be out there, and Bryce just goes fuck this shit and throws them both out. Yeah. Yeah, this led to uh, coming back from commercial, which was a a pitcher and pitcher segment. When they came back, they threw to the back hook and Wheeler Yuta brawling Uh, Pat Buck uh, and a whole bunch of geeks were trying to break them up. So I guess hook and Utes is coming up sooner rather than later. Yeah, for the FTW and and hook laid his hands on Pat Buck. So he got ejected from the building. Yes, yes. Um, So. Uh, we had a Hunakan Rana pin for the finish, hands in pocket. Yeah. Uh, it was a flash pin. Orange Cassidy wins. Then John Moxley's music hits, and he comes out, and uh, OC goes to back to the ring, tries to brawl with Moxley, but Moxley just li- like beat the piss out of OC. Yeah, uh, smacked the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, the, it was not an even fight in any way. No. Nah. Um, we then had more geeks run out. Man, the, the extras budget was strong this week. <laughs> uh, they got beaten up by Claudio and Moxley. They were paid for by uh, Ric Flair's energy drink. Yes. So. Um, and uh, yeah, just just an absolute uh, ridiculous brawl. And it's like, oh, this is probably going to lead to something, which it mm-hmm. did later on. Then we had our first segment behind the scenes as MJF tries to find a partner. He's at the door of Kenny Omega's locker room. Kenny Omega's door is knocked upon by Max and Chris Jericho answers. Yeah, not no, no good. No good. I, I don't know if there is a more clear experience in AEW than you want Kenny Omega and instead you get Chris Jericho. Yeah. That is the microcosm of AEW right now. Yeah, certainly an issue, which will come up again later. 
Yes. Uh, so Jericho just slams the door on Max. He goes to walk away and immediately in a, uh, a Heinrich level shove into the wall. Yeah, it was a little sexy. There was some there was some steaminess happening here. Wardlow pops up, chokes out MJF and says, you took everything from me. I'll take everything from you when you least expect it. And That's he it. storms off. Then he just storms yeah. Off. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, a threat more than anything else. And then MJF goes to walk off. Up pops, uh, excuse me, up pops the acclaimed and offer a scissor. MJF wants nothing to do with it. John Moxley then cuts a promo about how Phoenix uh, kamikaze himself. <laughs> Is that an okay thing to say in 2023? Probably not. Um, anyway, uh, injures John Moxley and then OC got the shot. He got to get the world, the, yeah. the shot at the international championship, not holding off for Moxley. So, um, you know what? Uh, Mox, he showed OC respect when no one else would. Everyone else said, you know, they're just going to write it off, but he took him seriously. Now the respect's gone. So at full gear, it's international title match. He said he's going to win his title back and beat OC within an inch of his life. He did that last time. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. It's like, we're just, we're just getting into centimeters now. Like that's, that's where we are in terms of the beatdown. We had a Ring of Honor six-man tag title match between the elite of Hangman Adam Page and the Young Bucks and the Mogul Embassy of Brian Cage, Toa Leona, and Bishop Khan. Taya Leone? Yes, Taya Leone. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> soon I forget my own stupid bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I got shout you. out RJ City. <laughs> yeah. And the fucking Mogul Embassy won the belts back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for a second there, I was like, "Wait, why is this match happening?" And then I remembered Mogul Embassy with Hangman yeah. and 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 everything. So that, you know, I, I guess I get it. Um, the, the thing that was kind of weird to me was okay. So there was the bit in the middle where Prince Nana and uh, Swerve Strickland pop up on the stage, mm-hmm. distract Hangman. Hangman gets all pissed off, chases him down. They end up brawling backstage once yeah. again, separated by all the geeks. Again, a lot of extra work this week. Why didn't Adam Page like beat the piss out of Cage, Leone, and Khan? Because they're Swerve's guys. Like he just was like, all right, just happy to be here, having a match. Whoop a doop a doo. He should have like th- this should have been a situation, and and I hate this WWE trope, but disqualified due to too much ass kicking. Like, yeah. That, that this would have been a time to do that. Sure. But yeah, I mean, the guy's it, house was broken yeah, into, right. which was made light of on the, uh, the lower third cryon, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Chiron, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, needs to invest in a new home security system, which, you know, is, is fun and jovial, but yeah, we, it was a dastardly fucking thing that, you know, they're just, yeah. Uh, chuckling it was about like now. some serial killer level shit. Yeah, like some uh, psychopathic whoop whoop uh, sort of action <laughs> there from from Nana and Swerve, but they're just like, yeah, we'll have a chuckle about it today. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, very sure. weird. Very incongruent. Um, but after the match, because the numbers game took down the Bucks, and therefore yeah. we have the trio's titles back on a team that will probably just be on Ring of Honor television again. Um, 
the Bucks flip out. They start destroying the ringside area. My favorite uh, it was was I don't remember which Buck. But he's had a chair and banging it against the ring post. I'm like, what the fuck does that accomplish? You look like a moron, you dummy. I just want I just want to say you look like a moron, you dummy is one of my favorite things you've ever said. <laughs> but I think it was Matt Jackson and they're just sure. like having a hissy fit about losing the belts. And I'm yeah. going, all right, so we're going to turn the bucks heel again. And, and I'm, you just got the elite back together. And now you're fracturing them again. I was like, well, what the, what, what are what, we fucking what doing here? What's the point what? of any of this? I don't know, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> Who are these people? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why is Taylioni a champion in a wrestling company? Who are the ad wizards who came up with that one? Um, MJF is backstage again, goes to Joey Samoe's dressing room and appropriately just kind of goes, I'm not going to fuck with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He thought better about it, which is smart. Then he goes to Darby's dressing room. Are there a shit ton of dressing rooms backstage? I feel like it was the same dressing room. They just kept changing the sign. Because there's always like that corner around the way. But uh, MJF takes a pause, takes his little clipboard, pulls the pen off, and then writes emo bitch on the side. Yeah. For Darby, which was fine. You know, it was whatever. Uh, And then as he walks away, once again, it's the acclaimed and father, but they've got a sign saying, pick us. MJF ignores it. The... The damn it, Max thing is getting overplayed. Like it was an organic little thing. It's it's a T-shirt now. I know, uh, yeah. but it doesn't have to be said. in every time the acclaimed pops up on the screen, like yes, yes, it moderation, is. guys, moderation. Yes. Um. And then Tony Schiavone in the ring calls out the. Uh, when I say he calls out, it's not Tony Schiavone is challenging. By the way, <laughs> God, <laughs> what, what a match that would be. Can you imagine Tony Schiavone taking a spear in 2023? He would just shit his pants and explode on live television. <laughs> anyway, he calls out Adam Copeland. Rating, brother. He calls out Adam Copeland. Uh, and uh, there's a there's a little bit of back and plus, forth. Plus between. two fecal damage. <laughs> Tony Schiavone. <laughs> so dumb. So dumb. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, for some reason, Adam Copeland decides, you know what? Now's the time to put over Tony Schiavone for a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, cool. I, look, I'm a, I'm a Nitro guy. So sure, sure. I, I love Tony Schiavone. So I appreciate what he was saying. Um, but uh, suffi- suffice to say that you get right to the whole thing of, oh, last week I was told by Sting and Darby, they'd like me to be their partner. He explained where and how he and Sting became friends, mm-hmm. which nice little gas fix there. Yeah. Uh, apparently there was phone calls between them when Sting fucked up his neck. Neck guys. Yes. Um, and he's like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to give you my answer and outcome Christian Cage, Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne. Well, that, that makes three card carrying members of the Spinal Stenosis Society yes. in one angle yes. with Darby on the wait list. Yes. <laughs> He's right there. He's any minute now. Any minute now. Don't get that call. Uh, I, I'm going to shit on Kevin Kelly later. So I'm going to give him credit for something he said on Collision last night. Okay. He Much how we have christened, say, Jeff Jarrett and company, these assholes. Yes. Sorry. <sighs> these assholes. You need yeah. this guy in front. No, no, 100%. He called 
Christian Cage's group, the Patriarchy, which is a great fucking name for that crew. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think they should run with it, even though Kevin Kelly came up with it. Well, didn't Nigel say call Christian the Patriarch or something like that first, something, and then something like that? I mean, yeah, I want to give I'm, Nigel credit for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying Kevin <laughs> Kelly was like. <laughs> Was like the genius here. It's just, you know, he was the guy in the room who added the little tiny button uh-huh. on the gag. So yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, the hat on the hat. Yes. Uh, this turns into a big brawl between uh, Sting, Darby, uh, Adam Copeland. I keep wanting to call him Edge. Uh, Christian Sorry. Luchasaurus, Nick Wayne. You know who you're talking about. Nick Wayne, who appears to have gotten his tooth fixed. So good mm-hmm. for him. Um, and suffice it to say, Copeland, well, <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. uh, Adam Copeland accepted. So that's going to be the six man at full gear Then we had the, and I need to underline the turn of phrase that was used here. The important announcement from Tony Khan. Was it though? That is a that is an excellent question. Now I, I've seen a lot of people online, and appropriately so, because I thought this was a dog shit announcement. Yes, at least in terms of something you hype. But everyone's going, "Oh, you're saying it's a it's a huge announcement. It's a game changing announcement." No, it was important. No. Words mean things. What? Yeah, turns out words mean things, and this whole idea of literally not meaning literally anymore drives me insane, but that's, that's to the left of this. Thank you, Chris Traeger. <laughs> so Tony Khan's backstage with Nigel McGuinness and they start talking about the success of all in and how, you know, this brought them to this worldwide audience and it took AEW international. And at that moment, I'm going, they're going to run the fucking dome. Oh, I'm just like, okay. That that's what it is. That makes sure. sense. Why it was a an internet? You know, for fans worldwide, that's what was an important announcement. We're going to the Tokyo Dome. Yeah. Nope. We're confirming the fact that we told you at the end of the, of All In last year that there's going to be another one, and tickets go on sale a month from today. Yeah. So there's no reason a ticket on sale date should be an important announcement that Tony needs to announce. Like this would have been fine with Excalibur doing in between segments or even, even Shivani in the ring or Nigel make more sense because, you know, he's a Brit and has, uh, you know, history with Wembley and everything, which he mentioned, but I don't need Tony Khan cracking jokes about his parents having Christmas trees up since fucking July. Um, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know, get them for Christmas gifts now. And no, this was this was a waste of time. Yeah. Uh, it was a waste of a hype segment, and you know it's it's a boy who cried wolf situation now. Because yeah. anytime that you know Tony, the next time he announces another important announcement, which will likely be in two weeks, because that's about bi monthly here, he's doing these. Uh, I, I'm I'm not going to put any credence into it because the last one was just a fucking ticket on sale for a show. Get the fuck yeah. out of here. If they hadn't hyped it, if it just was part of the show, I think it would have been like, oh, okay. Cool, Even whatever. so, Tony didn't need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's my understanding that the reason why they started pushing it is because tickets for the Germany WWE pay-per-view that's coming up, uh, are, they're going on sale soon. So it's okay. kind of like a trying to get ahead of them thing. But, but again, that, yeah. you don't need to promote it. Just right. fucking do it on the show. Yeah. Anyway. Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho then had a match with 2.0. You'll be shocked to learn that Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho won. Yeah. And 
I was more shocked to know Jake Hager was so employed, but I mean, I, I don't disagree. But before we talk about the post-match segment, which mm-hmm. was absolute dog shit. Yes. Let's talk about the fact that they were putting over the name The Golden Jets. Yes. Jericho and Omega, like it's been their name the entire time. Yeah, no, very I stupid. Know, I know Jericho filed for the trademark a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was going, oh, fuck, that's, that's going to be a name for him. <laughs> Omega, isn't it? But they're acting like, oh, yeah, you know, that's what they go by. The yeah. fuck they do? <laughs> Stop trying to make fetch happen, Chris. Okay. <sighs> I, You know what? I was thinking about this. I was texting Mark about this, too. The percentage of problems over the past, I don't know, we'll call it a year at this point, that could have been solved by not having Chris Jericho on screen (laughs) is maybe in the 20 to 30% range. Yeah. I just, he's not serving his purpose anymore. No. Um, No. You know, as we've said in the past, you know, we, we understood why he was probably one of the most important signings in the early days of this company, if not the most important, it's one and one a between him and Mox. Sure. Um, but Jericho signed first and you know, the first, I get it. The first pay-per-view and all that stuff. Yeah, he, he was a, a major part of. For, for people who didn't know who Omega and the Bucks were. Sure. And he, that accomplished what it, what they sought out and what it needed to do. However, we're now four plus years into the, this company's existence, yeah. and Chris Jericho does not need to have this much screen time or pull in in storylines, and he sure as fuck doesn't need to be carting out his broken-hipped, weird peg-legged uh, giant friend. Yes, which, which we'll get to in a moment. Uh, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. I feel like there's a point last year, like last fall, I think it's when he lost the ring of honor title to Claudio Mm -hmm. where he could have just been like, all right, take some time off, man. Take some time off. Be on commentary. Just just wind it down. (laughs) I'm not saying I like his commentary. Yeah. I like it more than him being in the ring at this point. Sure. Like I will absolutely admit when dude wants to turn it on, he can still turn it on him versus Osprey. It was a great match. Great match. Great match. However, he's not a draw for me anymore. He's no. not like when I see him get added to something, he feels like an anchor. Yes. Yeah. And and Negative that's sum. not good. No. And especially when you have him paired up with one of the aces of your company. Yeah. In Kenny Omega. And it's making him look lower rent. Yeah, yeah. You're dragging Kenny down to your level, just like you did, you know, and they're finally starting to at least correct it a little bit. You know, the whole story that came out of Daniel Garcia saying that yes. he was supposed to join the BCC, yeah. uh, but no, it was Chris Jericho needed him. So Chris gets what he needs, uh, which was a fucking not great angle that went on yeah. way too long. Um, yeah. and, and now Daniel Garcia had been kind of, uh, in purgatory for a while until he's now getting a title shot on Wednesday, which I'm pretty stoked for because the kid's great and has yeah. a lot of upside. Yeah. And, you know, throw MJF another competitor at this point. Why the fuck not? Yeah. I mean, look, I think the match on Wednesday is going to absolutely fuck. In fact, the Wednesday card looks very, very good. Yeah. They're, he's stacking this one up, man. And there's a reason. Again, stay tuned. I'll talk okay. about it. In this 
whole post-match segment, it was, you know, the Callus family and Omega and Jericho, they're doing a promo battle. Yeah. And the idea is they're building to a street fight in two weeks in California. It's a go home show for full gear, which mm-hmm. blissfully this match will not be on the pay-per-view. Uh, well, there will be a variant of something like variant, this on the pay-per-view. Hopefully a good one. <laughs> yeah. So Kenny says, let's do a six man tag. And Kota Abushi is going to be by their side. And I'm going, okay. You know, Kota has through each appearance improved. up. Yeah. He's not prime Abushi. He's no. still not there. And God knows, maybe he'll never be there again. Might but, not be. But, you know, all in version was better. Wrestle Dream version was better than that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool, fine. You know, that sounds fun. And then. Callus points out, hey, there's actually four of us because Sammy yeah. Guevara presumably will be back by then. Yeah. Unless Don Callis is working that match. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> and Jericho goes back to the well that he uh, that he teased last week. And he said, yeah. you know what? I have a friend who's a giant, too. And with knees that look like the street sign that tells you that two lanes are merging. <laughs> Tall Paul, the former big show, wanders out. Uh, a man who has clearly not seen a gym since the last time he's worn that singlet. Yeah. And struggles to stand. Yeah. I'm like, ha- has he been technically cleared to, to wrestle? Like, I, now I'm starting to worry about the doctors at AEW. Cleared Ric Flair to take bumps. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, like, they definitely have Dr. Nick Riviera back there just checking off people <laughs> for. <laughs> For, for for clearance for wrestling matches and i you know why not do a table spot hi everybody i, I will i will turn a blind eye to people pumping themselves full of steroids um because sure. you know there are noticeable um perks even, to my viewing experiences for that mjf is starting to look like a lotus pot on his shoulders <laughs> yeah it's it's getting a little gnarly yeah. like he's going to start sp- Sprouting spores like the fucking Last of Us. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be great if that's how the yeah, end of the world. How the end of the world starts. <laughs> <laughs> shoulders. Yes. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I, I, I'll turn the blind eye to that. But you know, some of these people coming back and and being approved for taking bumps, like and. Tall Paul might not even take a bump the whole time. He'll yeah. just stand there and punch people like he, you know, threw like his, his hand fist to Kyle Fletcher, who I don't know if that was selling or if that was just fucking hell that hurt. Uh, I can't tell, yeah. but yeah. Um, yeah, I just, it's not making me excited for the match. Like this is not a selling point for me. There's a version of this where the street fight is between Omega and Ibushi against Hobbs and Fletcher. Fletcher. Yeah. Or Takeshita and Fletcher. Oh yeah, I forgot about Takeshita. Yeah, and I'm just like that. That give me that. That's what I want. I, I don't need all these other people. Yeah, they're in the way. They they're in the way, and they're fucking anchors. I don't yep. need it. Yep, a lot of anchors happening. It's uh, yeah, <laughs> anchors, anchors in AEW right now, and most of them are over the age of fifty. Yeah, okay. uh, it's it's and it's 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 endemic to what's been happening in AEW. This is not. The AEW that burst onto the um, scene saying we're going to be an alternative to WWE. We have these younger, uh, you know, I mean, the Bucks and Omega aren't when yeah, they started. They're, we're they're not in young. the late 30s. Right. 
but they also backed it up with the young talent that mm-hmm. was built up over the four years of this show to yeah. where we are now looking at the roster uh, of dynamite episode one to mm-hmm. dynamite this past week, yeah. the average age has skyrocketed. Yes. And it's not helping the product. These people are not the draws that you think they are. No, Look, Adam Copeland may end up being a great long-term pickup, long-term, but, you know, during the course of whatever his run is here, it may end up being a great run. Look, we said kind of the same thing about Christian. They found a way for him to turn it around and be one of the best parts of the product at the moment. He's on the best run of his career. Do I see that happening with a Ric Flair or a tall Paul, maybe an Adam Copeland at this point? Jericho is on the downswing here. There's nothing creatively left in AEW for him to do. He's kind of done everything. So now he's just, you know dragging other people down with them it's it's the the quality has decreased as the average age has gone up there's a direct correlation there and you have to be a fucking moron to not see that well stay tuned uh sorry no it's it's crystal soapbox here it's fine uh, Renee Paquette then backstage with Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho in their dressing room. Jericho's about to talk about the match we just learned about when Matt Jackson cuts him off. And in a promo that felt a little bit kayfabe and a little bit real, <laughs> he's just like, uh, what the fuck? Uh, we just got beat. The elite got back together. You didn't help out. I thought we all got back together. Yeah, so Hangman ditched us. You weren't there to help. Yeah. And then fucking Jericho's here. Like, yeah. He, he almost killed our dad on television and just like, all right, cool. Have some of our veggie tray. (laughs) Yeah. Get out of my hummus, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) This is the most justifiable heel turn in history in my eyes. I, I I get it. I mean, it was, it totally made sense. Yes. But again, is this going to end up with the bucks versus the golden jets? What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, not, not great. No, that ain't it, man. This ain't it. Yeah. Also, by the way, the Bucks have a number one contendership to the tag titles that has not been brought up, which is held by Big Bill and Ricky Starks on the other show. Yes. Yes. Although, you know, they can be on both shows. It's I understand that. There's no there's, there's, not, there's, there's no Pepsi man preventing them from being there, there yes. now. And, and the world's end is not going to be the one time a year where the brands of dynamite and collision collide in order to determine brand supremacy. I would actually laugh out loud if, if, they, if, they, did that. if they said yeah. that. <laughs> uh, Hikaru Shida retained the women's title over Willow Nightingale. Dope fucking match. Yeah, it's a lot. Of, I mean, Shida's the fucking work woman, work horse woman yes. of the fucking division. I mean, her having a match, she's she's the OC of the women's division, going out there every week, defending that title three times in seven days, as they uh, pointed out on commentary, uh, yeah. which is great. And every one of those matches was a little bit different and very fun. Yeah, uh, and and this match ruled. Uh, there was a moment or two where I thought they might actually move the title onto Willow, which I think at a point is a great idea. Uh, sure, she's over. She's talented. Yeah, you know, I I, I definitely her versus Soraya. You know, um, yeah. So <laughs> after the match, uh, Willow and Sheeta shake hands. Yeah, we have timeless Tony Storm pop up with Luther. The Japanese death math, d- Japanese death match legend sure. slash Butler. Yeah. Um, and you know, why she did she need a Butler though? I don't know. 
Because the Chicken Sunset Boulevard had one? Okay. I mean, there's that, or also <laughs> Luther's Chris Jericho's friend. There you go. There you go. Uh, there it is. Um, Sheeta gets in the face of uh, Tony. Uh, sorry, gets in the face of Luther, then goes after Tony Storm. Back in the ring, lights go out. Not Sabu. Not Sabu. I, I I want to. I know. I it's it would. I want to start calling Julia Hart this bitch, but I know that's like sigh these assholes. This, yeah, yeah, this yeah, bitch. Yeah. I know that's not a good thing to say about a woman in 2023. Yeah. But whenever it, and it's not personal to her. I just don't give a fuck about this angle. I don't care about her spookiness, trying to infect her, her spooky mist on other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, she's not a good actress. Probably the, the last hate EW with her was stupid. And one of the worst things that they've done on that program. Um, see, they're even tanking Hey EW uh, right now. Tony, get your shit together. Um, I just cannot care. And maybe this spawns from Julia Hart costing the Lucha or death triangle, the title all those months ago, a year ago, maybe I'm still hanging on to that. Maybe a little, but I also feel like this angle is dog shit. Well, <laughs> I don't want it on my screen. This beat certainly didn't go as expected because uh, Julia Hart pops up in the ring, goes to give a handshake to Willow Nightingale. Uh, Willow Nightingale looks like she knows what's about to happen. Out comes Sky Blue with spoopy eyes. Mm-hmm. Comes into the ring. Looks like she's about to turn on Willow, but instead she missed the chest. Yeah. Of Julia Hart, because yeah. that's how tall Sky Blue is. <laughs> yeah just gives her a fucking uh opal necklace just <laughs> blasts it out onto her chest i'll take one of those guys yeah and uh <laughs> this this like this sucks this sucks like this sucks is this for that it went to shit but like it went to shit and it wasn't great to begin with yeah i mean i don't mind that there are multiple women's angles commingling with each other that is actually a plus for you know aew as a whole however the the what they're doing the story story being told here yeah. uh yeah that ain't it man yeah back to the drawing board mjf backstage sitting on the floor he doesn't know who to ask to be his partners. Once again, the acclaimed father butt pop up. Max Caster says, looks like we all you have left and uh, you better wear the gear in this trash bag. So MJF takes a look in the bag, says, no, not doing it. I got at least one option left. Camera pans to these assholes who uh-huh. I think have become self-aware. I would hope. It certainly seemed that way. <laughs> like I, I laughed at that and sounded like the audience laughed at that too. Like yeah. the live crowd laughed at that. Um, well, they didn't react to much that one night. So yeah, that, that was a very, Hey, we know that guy from the other show crowd. Yeah. 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 Um, Way you go Louisville. Then uh, Renee Paquette talking with uh, Roddy strong in the kingdom. Strong calls Adam Cole again. I, I don't know why we needed another segment that basically did the same thing as the first one. Uh, hey, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out we didn't. And then we had our main event, which was Bullet Club Gold going against the acclaimed Father Butt and MJF. Fun match. I, I liked it a lot. I loved the purple Burberry scarf or yes. pink pr- pink yes. scarf. That, that was that was the touch that really set it off. I was like, okay, the gear is one thing, the boots, the trunks, the scarf. Mwah. 
Yeah. Nice touch. Shockingly, Jay White wins the match and mostly clean, too. I mean, it was it was one blade. I mean, he was distracted when he got into it, but one blade runner got it done. Yeah. Which really fucking puts over that move. <laughs> yeah. Puts over that move, puts over Jay White. Yeah. Um anyway, uh post-match, there's a continued brawl. Jay White has the belt waiting for MJF to get up. White goes to charge. Caster shoves MJF, takes the bullet, takes the hit. Yeah. And Bullet Club Gold bails. Uh, MJF stares him down. Um, there's a whole bunch of, uh, you know, back and forth. I believe at some point, Juice was just kind of yelling, I hate AEW, which <laughs> was fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, then, of course, because it was his birthday. Billy Gunn shames MJF into scissoring everybody and everyone goes home happy or yeah. so it seemed Wednesday night <laughs> after the show. This again, credit to voices of wrestling. Okay. They started talking about the plans for next week. As in, next, as in the, this as week's as coming this dynamite. Week. Okay. I'm just going to read it as it was reported. <clears throat> there were plans for dynamite next week, this Wednesday, to have a segment where Bullet Club Gold unveils a new version of Jay White's cardboard cutout, signifying him getting a pin on MJF. Okay. Underneath the wraps would have been MJF, and then he would attack Bullet Club Gold. So basically the the you know the old uh staying mid- under south, the thing, yeah. staying under the, the cover the, for the right statue, statue. Yeah. or mid south, there's a giant box and yeah. you know, someone's in it. The gobbledygooker. The gobble the gobbledygooker spot. However, however, something clicked on Wednesday. Something something changed on Wednesday. Okay. And TK, Tony Khan, was pissed off about the show on Wednesday because he was reading the response. Well, he booked the fucking show. <laughs> and there was a post-show meeting after Dynamite between Tony Khan, MJF, Omega and the Bucks. And Will Washington. Will Washington, of course, the podcaster, become right hand and creative. How do we get that fucking gig? I don't know. I guess be you know better podcasters. <laughs> better podcasters is really it. Hey, we're on Zencaster now. We're doing it. Um, <laughs> noticeably, not in this meeting were Sanjay Dutt and Jimmy Jacobs, who have actually become even more influential and creative than Will Washington. Remember when Will was hired, they were talking about how he was going to be Tony's right-hand man in storytelling. Uh-huh. But Sanjay Dutt and MJF, or sorry, Sanjay Dutt and, and Jimmy Jacobs have become it. So and should we blame Sanjay Dutt and Jimmy Jacobs for the, this streak of shit that we've been dealing with? Turns out they're mostly behind what we've been seeing on the show. And in turn, in this meeting, the elite and Will Washington absolutely motherfucked the booking has been done by Dutt and Jacobs. This led to dynamite script being torn up and then everything that got announced last night. Cause you notice they announced a lot of stuff for Saturday uh-huh. or on Wednesday, for Wednesday on, Saturday. On collision. Well, it's because of that. There's hmm. a, uh, and I'm quoting this. There is starting to be a growing contingent of people who are getting fed up with the creative direction in AEW and quote, doing too much WWE shit. I mean, have we not been saying that the past two months? <laughs> Easily? Turns out 
Turns out we're not the only ones. Turns out that the fucking EVPs of the company are going, Tony, this shit sucks. Yeah. Like, we know you watched a lot of WCW back in the day. We don't want to be 1999 WCW. Yeah. Uh, They go on to say that uh, this is going to uh, probably get blown up even more by the wrestling media as everyone's getting all their sources together. So don't be surprised when this pops up on the Observer. Well, I was going to say, who's the source? Well, obviously, they likely didn't reveal that. Wrestling has had decent sources both in New Japan and in AEW. Over the years, I don't know who their source is. Like right. when you read the Observer, sometimes you can tell this came straight from Chris Jericho or this, or this came from John Moxley or, or FTR Bald. Right, FTR Bald, who by the way apparently is why people aren't being told their booking in advance anymore. I right. heard that story. <laughs> I did hear that yeah. one. Yeah, uh, apparently a lot of who people. Was it Jerry that- Lynn who went on uh, and blew up that spot there. Yeah, Jerry Lynn was just like, "You're fucking telling Dave everything, man." Like, yeah. So in turn, you don't get to find out what you're doing till you get here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, bud. No more long-term storytelling that you're aware of. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're not the only ones mad about it. We're not the I only mean, ones uncomfortable. That's good. That's but good. we'll see how it pans. I mean, obviously, looking at the card on Wednesday, there seems to be a pretty drastic turnaround. Yes. Um, yes. The card on for Wednesday sounds really good as, as again, we'll, we'll talk about in just a few moments. Um, but I, I read this and I was like, okay, they will not go quietly into the night. This is, this is not a scenario where, you know, the people internally are going to go, oh, fuck, this is, this is how it is. Like, yeah. In, like it goes in WWE. There are people there who are, and appropriately so getting fed up and saying, why are we not being who we were to get here? Yeah. Yeah. They, they're in an identity crisis at the moment. I understand that there probably was a lot of plans for the fall that got fucked up. Sure. Yeah. Injuries. Yeah. Danielson, Danielson Cole, Cole, Mox, Mox for uh, a while. He's back now. Yeah. Like I could see how that would blow things up because I feel like this whole MJF Cole thing would be, a few more chapters in, if not heading toward the finish by this point. Sure. So I get that they had to zig where they intended to zag and that's not easy and that's not fun. But between that and the whole Tuesday night war thing, which I do definitely think as Justin talked about on legal soapbox, which you can hear on our Patreon, I think it broke Tony. The Tuesday night war thing broke him irreparably bringing in all of these other people because they're available is not the move. No, like if there's anyone you should be spending money on to bring in AEW full time, it's Will Ospreay. I know that he's supposed to be in the mix. I know that AEW wants him, but he also was making fucking hard eyes at Seth Rollins over Twitter yesterday. Yeah. I mean, they've had a history on Twitter over the years. Sure. And this could just, I mean, you know, as much as we said even earlier in the show that Will Ospreay is not the smartest man, uh, maybe he's learning and yeah. is, you know, learning to play both sides. Yes. There will be a bidding war for this man when his con is his contract up after Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, his contract is up at the end of January. So this guy is going to bring in big money wherever he goes. Absolutely. This is his money deal. He's done his art. This is his money deal. Sure. And it's, you know. If I'm Will Ospreay and I'm looking at the past couple months of AEW and the, 
you know, pains me to say the last couple months creatively of WWE versus AEW. Yeah. Then, yeah, I'm shooting um, Seth some eyes on Twitter, too. Yeah. And let's be honest. Do you think Will Ospreay wanted to go against Chris Jericho at Wembley? Probably not. I would say no. Considering he did cut a promo after his match of the year candidate match with Kenny Omega saying, you know where to find me. Right. Like that was to me an overt tease for England. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we've even said it as soon as it happened we were hyped for it. Like, yeah, let's do this shit at all in, you know? Yeah. I would have been a trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. However, we ended up having Chris Jericho. Yes. Good match. As we said before, but it's not the type of thing that AEW was built on. I mean, even looking at this full gear card, it's not bad, but it's not inspiring. Like two of the matches are being billed as sequels. I don't hate that because it's something that they use in boxing and UFC and stuff like that. And, you know, until it gets to the point where it's like WWE and the same match happens four weeks in a row. Fair. I'll let them slide on it because it it also, it kind of, to me, it kind of makes it feel like a big deal. Like, you know. These guys have not had but one singles meeting before this. And now that was before this feud has gotten to the blood feud level that it's currently at. Yeah. So, so, so I don't hate that, but, um, oh, fuck, I was going to say something else about Osprey. It lost, left my mind. Oh, but. it's okay. It's okay. Anyway, he's the guy who should be throwing money at. Yeah. Maybe yeah. the Ric Flair deal was one where it's like, oh, it's paid for. But also, isn't it? I think kind of fucking weird to have a guy on contract just because someone else is paying for the contract like that. That opens up kind of an icky situation in my eyes. It's it's making me think of uh, the whole weird sponsorship thing they do on the indies now where like people pay money to have a match booked. Really? Yeah. Yeah. If you look at any of uh, any of the like more notable indies, you may see like this match sponsored by it's because a fucking fan or a business, a fan owned by a fan. Yeah. yeah. Or a podcast <laughs> run by a fan. Yeah. Are paying th- th- for the talent. They're, huh. they're covering the money. Okay. And I get sponsorships are, are a thing like in general, but sure. It's real fucking weird when it's on a talent level basis. And this feels like maybe the biggest version of it ever. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it reminds me of you know when it was eventually let out to the public that bands bands record labels paid to get them onto Ozfest or yes. or, yeah, or, or, or festivals or, or, or something like that. like that back in the yeah. day, and it wasn't just you know the bookers of the festival saying, "Ooh, yeah, this band is is up and coming. We like their sound. We want to put them in front of thousands of people every right. day for right. a whole summer." It's like, oh no, you know, uh, inner um, you know Warner Brothers Records just wants to drop. X amount of money to get, you know, their shitty new metal band on at 10 a.m. at Ozfest. Yeah. And, and I, I probably it. bought their record afterwards. <laughs> Fair. But I, I get it. There, there's always been pay to play and, and shit like that, but I uh, don't really like it. Anyway, let's talk about the show that was on Friday. It was Rumpage. It was pre-taped with uh, Excalibur, Tony Schiavone, and Tall Paul on commentary. Okay. And he was able to make it to the desk. <laughs> real interesting because he barely made it to that stage. Yeah. Um, 
And the show kicked off with a real fucking fun match. The Dia de los Muertos triple threat between Penta, Vikingo, and Commander. I I've, I forgot that this happened, and I'll, I'll I will watch it, but I, oh, okay. I forgot it happened, so I have no uh, nothing to say about it now. Other than I heard it was good, uh, it was fantastic. If anything that I uh, that I say was uh, something that shifted it down, they showed QT Marshall watching the match in the back. Yeah, because he's the Triple A something champion, Latin right? American champion, <laughs> the whitest man I've ever seen. <laughs> QT Marshall, the Latin American champion. Oh, yeah, it's it's like a thirteen minute match. It's super fun. It, it's worth checking out. It's a minus two charisma. It's <laughs> QT Marshall. Alex Marvez uh, was interviewing. <sighs> these assholes uh, about potentially recruiting Ortiz. Cause they teased that last week. Oh, yeah. Jarrett says they don't need anyone else. And then Jeff Jarrett was putting over the ring of honor championship match for Jay lethal, which I guess is going to be a final battle. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know. Final battle, by the way, not going to be on bleacher report live. You have to get honor club to watch it. So. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, Still gun- like 50 bucks or whatever. Uh, it's 10 bucks a month. So okay, it, so it's cheaper. Yeah, it's, it's included in the subscription. You don't okay, so it's, it's like the nine ninety nine for WWE Network back in the day. Right, right. Which you know also sort of bodes well for what might happen with AEW when it comes to streaming. Um, short match between the Guns and Christopher Daniels, and Matt Seidel. Surprise, surprise. The Guns won. wins. <laughs> that would be a surprise. <laughs> um. RJ City then had a back and forth with Danhausen. Oh. Uh <laughs> discussing the return of Danhausen. Okay. And although Danhausen was on screen, he explained his returns actually next week. <laughs> sure. <laughs> of course it is. It was very who's on first. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um Alex Marvez was interviewing Soraya and Ruby Soho. Soraya was basically talking down to Ruby. Um, and then Jeff Parker shows up to comb Ruby Soho's hair. Who? Uh, 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 cool hand Ange. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know why 2.0 are involved in an angle with the outcasts. I like, don't know why the outcasts still exist. Yeah. Fair but point. Um, 2.0 to be honest with you. Yeah. Sky blue defeated Marina Shafir. I did not watch this. I'll just be honest. Didn't bother with it. I saw a screenshot or two. <laughs> and then Daniel Garcia and Trent Barretta was the main event. Really fun match. Okay. And uh, post match, Garcia challenged MJF. Yeah. Which is what we're going to get on Wednesday. And then last night, live on TNT was Collision. Okay. So I'd like that Collision does the pre-credit um, roll promo yeah, the, train. The yeah. You have to fucking coordinate between these promos so that everyone doesn't mention that Saturday's all right for fighting. We fucking get it. It's the theme song. Not every promo needs to mention it for fuck's sake. Yeah. Th- th- this is on par with, you know, if you're doing a dive to the out, or if you're doing a shooting star to the outside, right? Don't do a shooting star to the outside in, in this. Yeah, you can coordinate. You do a dive to the outside. Like everyone can fucking dive, but like, like these but, were all pre-taped. So, yeah. or maybe not the swerve one. I don't know because yeah. it led right into the match. But yeah. where he got attacked by Ar Fox cutting his promo, which just goes to show that Nana and Swerve have zero peripheral vision and should probably get that checked out. <laughs> but um, yeah, just. 
it, it, it irked me right off the bat. And I know I'm prone to being irked by AEW at the moment, but that sure. Sure. <laughs> I didn't tune in ready to be irked, uh, but it just happened. I got irked. Yeah, I, I will say I, I love the fact that they were brawling through the pyro. Sure. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. No, that, that, was nice that was that was a good touch. And, and I, I like Shivani kind of taking lead on the commentary here. Yes. So Tony Shivani's taking lead, and Kevin Kelly is struggling to get words in edgewise at this point. Yeah. You can thankfully. hear him actively throughout collision going, Oh fuck, if I don't contribute something here, the writing's <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> and you know what? Hell yeah. I motherfucked him weeks ago on this show before yeah. having the worst, like monotone commentary. Yeah. And not as in bland, but as it was the same tone for everything. And well, to be fair, he's pretty monotone. It's just the volume that changes. Yeah, yeah it's true. That's, 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 that's a problem with him to this. Like, I, I don't know that I will be angrier by any call about any call in professional <laughs> wrestling than when Roddy does the fucking toss backbreaker on yeah. the Darby. Darby hits the turnbuckle and we get, oh no. <laughs> yeah, that's egregious. You can, we can't let that slide. Like a fucking kid dropped an ice cream cone. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> Fuck off. I hope he goes away. I, I yeah. Uh, and, and I, I, I just hope he gets a job. In, it's something else. Like I'm, I'm yeah. done with Kevin Kelly. I'm done. He's fully done with New Japan now, right? He is. He's been replaced by like some 23-year-old kid too. It's well, yeah, it's Chris weird. Charlton and some podcaster or something. Yeah. I was like, yeah. all right, that's, yeah. where, that's where you're going. I like Chris Charlton, but I don't know if he's a, the play-by-play guy. He was very good at telling the stories yeah. and doing the color commentary. I, uh, to be fair, I haven't watched him you know, do play-by-play or take the main the lead. Yeah. Um, but And I like Chris, but yeah, I, I don't know if that's... I don't know. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Um, Swerve one. Awesome opening match. Super I mean, these two can have a four and a half star match in their sleep at this point. <laughs> Very true. Um, but uh, the, the mogul embassy pops up yeah. to beat down AR Fox. This brings out FTR, which then brings out Stark's big bill, which, which then brings, brings out, out Fi. Fi, And yeah. then they cut to the crowd where the house of black are watching on. Yeah. So, Malachi no longer has the black shit around his eyes because uh, Julia Hart has been spreading the mist that she took from his eyes and spreading it into other people. Or I'm going with uh, House of Black didn't know that they were going out that early, and okay. Malachi just didn't get to you know okay. gadoodle on his face. All right, cool. We had a video package putting over the Daniel Garcia MJF match. Good package, yeah. Very well put together. And then MJF uh, cut a promo on Jay White. Now, (laughs) I know that they're not going to let Garcia win, but this type of storytelling straight up would justify a Garcia win because MJF tunnel vision world title match. Yeah. He's focusing on Jay White. Yeah. Yeah. Got to get there. Got to get to Wednesday or get past Wednesday. Got to get to the pay-per-view with your title. Yeah. Just thought it was interesting. Yeah. And then Jay and White, the, oh, the promo, uh, a very passionate promo from Max, uh, talking about how you think you're on the level of me. Go to Google Trends, type in my name, and then type in Jay White. That is one of the rudest things I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but then Jay White bragged about uh, pinning MJF and said he was giving yeah. World Club Gold the week off of Collision. Now, let me ask you this. Do you feel that Jay White having the actual strap is hurting the 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 uh, presentation of MJF? A little bit. Yeah. He's, I, I, wearing, I don't, he's wearing the second rate tag title. Yeah. I, I don't love it. I don't yeah. love it. I'm I'm not a fan of it either. Um, also, I hate bait, uh, belt stealing angles. Yeah, they're yeah. very dumb. That's true. I can't think of one. The closest I can think of of one that was good, and this is how far back it goes. Austin Rock, icy title. Throwing, I was just yeah. going to bring that up. Throwing it off the bridge. Yeah, that's, that's the that's only the one. one I can think of. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the rest have been stupid. Uh, yeah. No different than fucking when Punk was on this show and he had a secondary real yep. world title. I don't care. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Like, it's uh... anyway, Kip Sabian backstage with Lexi Nair talking about getting beat up by Mark Briscoe last week on Rampage. Uh-huh. Uh, Kip Sabian then brought out the workhorseman. Fuck yeah. And uh, challenged Mark Briscoe to a six man tag later tonight. Then uh, the kingdom and Roddy strong made their way out to the ring. They cut a promo and then beat up some jobbers. I yep. did not care. Yep. I was on my phone. Video package putting over Christian Cage and then Mark Briscoe backstage with Lexi Nair. Mark Briscoe now having a tattoo of Jay on his arm, which I understand is a nice thing to do, but just looks weird. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird placement. I feel like yeah. the, the inside of the forearm or whatever, the, it was the forearm inside I mean, or out. But both him and Jay have not had what I would call good tattoos. And Mark is <laughs> certainly, certainly the worse of the two. But I'm just yeah. like, oh, man, is that. Is that the best way? Look, I I can't uh, like, I can't speak he, to how somebody grieves the yeah, loss of, yeah, a, I mean, of a brother. So if he likes it, cool. I yeah. I, I just thought it, it it for a guy who has cosmetic issues to begin with. <laughs> a unique appearance does yes. Mark Briscoe. Yes, um, FTR was like, hey, we know we got another match tonight, but we'll we'll join you in a six man tag, proving that they are in kayfabe, the dumbest men in professional wrestling. <laughs> But Mark's like, uh, no, I got other people in mind. Darby Allen went against Lance Archer. Super fun match. Uh, no real <laughs> shock. Lance, Lance murdered Darby, but Darby ended up winning. With an avalanche code red, which looked cool. Yeah. And, you know, I just, they were they were rebuilding up Lance Archer. I'm like, oh, cool. He's going to go on a fucking run here. And then yeah. two weeks later, he's losing to Darby, which uh, Darby's a much bigger star. Yes. But... You could have taken Lance to the next level by, you know, giving him a couple more wins over not jobbers or have the, uh, I'm going to use the name, have the fucking patriarchy run in. Yeah. Distract Darby or something. Uh, and I, I know I hate a distraction finish, but yeah. still do something that leads to Lance winning. Or just not have not throw Jake or, or, yeah, out to that match, yeah. you know, or just have Jake actually hit Darby with a skateboard instead of throwing him out, yeah. and then that's how he wins. Like I've, I, I just the match was fun, but I don't love Lance Archer losing this soon uh, after a comeback. Well, it gets worse. I know after the match, Jake Roberts has a mic, and uh, at, here's what I understood from it. <laughs> <laughs> apparently that meant he has the righteous now yes and yeah. uh vincent well, and the other guy we're, we're, we're yes uh vincent and dutch and yeah. uh, now it's archer and the righteous 
The Righteous, who, by the way, in the opening match of the last pay-per-view, were also made out to be some of the stupidest wrestlers in professional wrestling. They're now a threat. Well, I wouldn't say stupidest. I'd say most ineffective because they were beaten by a single person (laughs) by a kangaroo kick (laughs) (laughs) on paper. That's pretty damning. Um, (laughs) Statlander, Willow and Sky Blue were backstage with Lexi Nair. Statlander thanking Blue for helping uh, out against Julia Hart. (sighs) I don't don't care. Thing. I, I, I don't. When's the uh, last time Stat had a match that I've seen? It's been a while. Uh, it's I think a couple it was weeks. On a collision. Oh wait, it was, it was either a collision in Dynamite a few weeks ago. Okay. Um, been a while. Anyway, Alex Abrahante is backstage, uh, also with Lexi Nair. He's he's pumping up Penta, which you know is what he does. Sure. Swerve Strickland comes in, bragging about his win tonight. Alex gets all pissed off about the home invasion. Says. Penta loves his family more than Lucha Libre. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. Cool. Penta uh, loves the children. And then on behalf of Penta, Alex challenged Strickland to a match on Dynamite. Fuck yeah. Fuck Let's yeah. go. Like, yeah. There we go. That's, yeah. that's two roughhouse favorites. Against and, yeah. and even made a sly reference to Lucha Underground. So yeah. let's fucking go. This was, yeah, this was for me. Thank you. <laughs> um, then we had the acclaimed 69 day celebration. Good God. Like, Haha, ha. I get it. Yes. Funny joke. Did but, not uh, have to be a fucking 10 minute segment of Billy Gunn going off the cuff here. Um, at least it felt 10 minutes. It may not have been, but it certainly felt it. Yes. Uh, and then interrupted by Dalton Castle and the boys of all people. Has Dalton been a heel? No. Recently? No, this okay. is new. Uh, okay. Before that, I will just want to point out that they revealed this 69 day celebration trophy, which leads to two questions. Will every trio team after this celebrate their 69 days as champion Two, which is more important in AEW lore the 69 day statue or the Leatherface championship currently held but still not yet defended by jeff jarrett that's true that's true my other question is they know that a 69 and a scissor is not the same thing right very different thing <laughs> they're adjacent they're both sex moves i get it yeah yeah however i I think that's really it though it's like up up it's a sex reference okay i mean sure it's fine as a one-off joke but as a long segment then then led into an unnecessary match Mm -hmm. i was like okay and i i don't dislike seeing dalton castle on my tv but this seemed very out of place yeah and and on paper, had this been an angle leading to something at the pay-per-view, maybe? Right. It might I'd still. Like, I'd be like, all right, cool. Dalton and the boys getting a pay-per-view payday. Sure. Fine yeah. with it. Let's go. Instead, they lost. Yeah. Clean. Clean. Oh. <laughs> also, I love that the commentators had to be like, oh, by the way, they, they had an open challenge. Anyone could have taken right. it. That's why this yeah. match is happening. Yeah. The 69-day uh, challenge. Sure. Okay. When, when you are having the commentators explain why a match is happening because the show didn't. You've already lost. Yeah. Like this remind all I could think of, and, and this is a niche of a niche reference, Pat Oswald on his first album, I think it was, maybe it was his second, has this bit about how he used to do punch up for computer animated movies. Mm-hmm. And because everything was already rendered out, all the jokes had to be voiceover stuff that could never be shown just, Oh, there's a voice saying something funny is happening and you're not seeing it. Yeah. 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 This is that in wrestling. Like, well, 
Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. Well, if you have to explain the joke, it's not funny. Yes. It's the same same mindset here. Uh, Andrade El Idolo backstage with Lexi Nair asking about CJ Perry's offer. Andrade said it's their business alone, which is why they're they're going to talk about it next week on live television. Great. Sure. Mark Briscoe had his partners. They were Dustin Rhodes and Keith Lee. They defeated Kip Sabian and the Work Horsemen. Um, they talked about Keith Lee's issues with Shane Taylor, which I Have guess an ongoing apparently. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out. <laughs> uh, they win and then post-match Mark Briscoe backstage with Lexi Nair. Lexi Nair is rivaling Renee Paquette in terms of pure steps gotten in during a show. But she's kind of staying in the same place, though. So. <laughs> you know, that's fair. People are coming to her. <laughs> she's not getting the steps. She's just getting the screen time. So. She learned from her fiance. Yeah. Work, work smart, not hard. And of uh-huh. course, he learned it from Kevin Nash. So <laughs> I, I, I get it. Um, I, I, I will say this. Mark Briscoe's line where he's like, I've been watching on my 70 inch plasma TV and I've been seeing an imposter in Jay White. Like all he needs now is a white suit and just to be patting his brow in terms of how unbelievably Southern that was. Um, But he challenges Jay White to a match on dynamite with the world title shot on the line. So there's a non-zero possibility that the main event of full gear after dynamite will be Daniel Garcia versus Mark Briscoe. I mean, you know what? I like that kind of uh, nonsense. Yes. Um, Willow Nightingale defeated Amy Sakura. Very fun match. No notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Samoa Joe. I ran Joe. out of time. I didn't get this far. Okay. So. <laughs> uh, Samoa Joe backstage with Lexi Nair. She congratulates him on becoming the longest reigning, uh, reigning Ring of TV. Honor World Television yeah. champion. Uh, Joe said, uh, you know, MJF. Still haven't answered my request. I'm still there to watch your back. And he said, I, I've beaten everyone who stood in my way. Now, granted, he didn't beat MJF. But <laughs> before he could finish that, Asterisk. Keith Lee pops up. And okay. like, hey, you ain't beat me. And Joe's like, cool. I'll beat you on Dynamite this week. <laughs> Can't wait. Joe versus Keith Lee on Dynamite. Uh, how long into the match will we get the meat chant? Oh, oh, hopefully very quickly. In. Yes. Uh, then the main event, FTR and Roosh and Preston Advance against the Gates of Agony, Large William and Ricky Starks. Ricky. Faces win. Roosh is the one who uh, gets the pin on uh, Bishop Khan. Roosh being a face is weird. Very weird. Uh, especially because he was beating the piss out of people in this match as he does. As Yeah, as he's wont to do. So post-match. FTR goes to shake the hands of LFI. They want nothing to do with it. Naturally. Lights go out. House of Black are on the screen. They said some spooky stuff. Lights come up again. House of Black in the ring to lay out FTR. But then Claudio and Yuta run out to chase off House of Black. So everyone's still fighting everyone over on Collision. Okay. But this takes us to Wednesday, where right now here is the card we have for Portland, Oregon. We've got the returning Red Velvet against Julia Hart. Wow. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll see if I have any crackers in the uh, pantry at that point. <laughs> We've got Jay White versus Mark Briscoe. Probably going to be good. Sure. Yeah. That's Swirls, an interesting matchup. Yeah, uh, interesting matchup. Interesting styles. Yeah. Uh, Style clash. Swerve against Penta. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. 
a, a match that, if it were possible, would have been sponsored by the Rough House Podcast. Yes, yes. Um, had we, had we uh, 300 more patrons, yes. maybe 3,000 um, more. Joey Samoe will be defending the Ring of Honor TV title against Keith Lee. And then your oh, main right. event is MJF defending the World Championship against Daniel Garcia. Okay. That's a very good show. Okay, yeah, uh, that's it's looking like we're we've taken a turn in the right direction. Uh, again, it's on paper, so execution will be will be key here. I don't hear Chris Jericho. I don't hear oh, he'll be there. Tall Paul. I don't hear Ric Flair. I don't hear Adam Copeland. I, like none of those people are mentioned. So right now, there's at least five matches to look forward to on Wednesday with some shit segments of Chris Jericho thrown in there in between. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that reminds me, Chris, uh, we actually got a sponsor for this week, folks. I just want to let you know, we here at the rough house podcast, love woo energy. If you're looking for an energy drink that really gives you that extra tingle in your dingle, it is woo energy, sir. Yes. What? Yeah, wooenergy.com slash the roughhouse podcast. Put in promo code. I hate this shit. (laughs) (laughs) The Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at roughhousesgw, at facebook.com slash the roughhouse podcast, and at patreon.com slash the roughhouse podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Roughhouse Redos and Roughhouse Divided Movie Trivia Games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Roughhouse, Roughhouse uh, Podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. This episode of The Rough House is brought to you by Lance Archer's new restaurant, Everybody Dines. That's right. When you walk through the front doors of Lance Archer's Everybody Dines, you're going to get just that. The opportunity to dine, and if you happen to dine and dash, you will die. Jake the Snake Roberts will grab you out front, pull you back inside, shove a crack pipe in your kid's mouth, piss in a bucket as Lance Archer proceeds to tear you apart piece by piece. At Lance Archer's Everybody Dines, I have everything. Try the Tomahawk Murder Hawk Steak as well as the Mohawk Chicken Tenders for the little kids. That's right. At Lance Archer's Everybody Dines, you dine, I dine, we all dine, everybody dines. At Lance Archer's Everybody Dines.